Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches Ready Player One. I'm your host, Dante Bucheri, and I am joined tonight by Regina, Nicole, Tahani, Crab, and Evan. How are you tonight, people? Uh, <laughs> I'm Woo. here. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. When Regina hosts this show, she normally gets a lot more of like, a response. <laughs> I'm immediately feeling personally attacked. Hey, man. I just got home from work, and I got to take off my shoes. I'm good. There okay, we go. That's, that's about as far as my night's what going. What more can you ask of life? We exactly. really can't. Well... So, <laughs> so yes, uh, so folks, we are here to discuss Ready Player One, the movie. Uh, we are we are going to try to keep the book a little bit separate, though I know that there's a lot of feelings that are happening with regards to <laughs> the separation and the distinction of plot between the book and the movie, which I think most, if not all of us, have read. Nope. You know, there's one there's one outlier over there. I'm looking yeah. at you, Max. No, I haven't read it either. Oh, oh fantastic. Hi. I know. Isn't that surprising? It is Internet surprising. It is surprising. I thought that you had. I thought I had too, but nope, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Because if you just watched the movie, you wouldn't perhaps recognize it <laughs> as uh, the book. <laughs> nope, that was all new to me. I don't know what okay. I thought I had read, but it was not that. Okay. Interesting. Fair all enough. Right. All right, cool. So as always here on the Key Embassy Watches, we are going into full-on spoiler mode. So consider yourself warned because we are going deep into the plots. We are going to talk about characters, things that happen, people that may or may not die, stuff like that. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled, you should go watch it and then come back and then read it and then share this and tell tell all your friends all about it. <laughs> or just share it with all your friends first. And, and then the rest <laughs> or share it with all your friends first before you even do anything. Yeah. That's even better idea yeah. um so uh we're gonna go through a real quick summary of the plot just in case you're here and you don't care and you just want to you just want to hear us talk about the movie uh this is set in a dystopian future in 2045 uh the entire world has a global massacred economy and humanity has turned to the oasis which is a virtual reality gaming console for lack of a better term uh as an escape from you know the monotony and the doldrums of real life uh, the reclusive progenitor James Halliday has left a secret quest hidden through the digital world leading to his Easter egg. The first person to find said egg inherits Halliday's trillion dollar assets, including complete control over the Oasis. Uh, the, this story follows our hero, Wade Watts, a, a.k.a. Parzival in the Oasis. And he is on the quest to find Halliday's egg along with the formation of his ragtag raiding party uh, called the High Five in this uh, in this particular film. Uh, he has friends named Artemis, H, Shoto, and Daito. They're working against the clock because a billionaire internet tycoon named Nolan Sorrento of Innovative Online Industries is also after the egg and will stop at nothing to get it. Now, I know that sounds like I copied and pasted it from IMDb, but I actually wrote that myself. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. Good job. Thank you. So, so this is that, that that's Ready yeah. Player One in a nutshell. Um, you you did leave out one, you did leave out one important detail, and that it was set though not filmed in Columbus, Ohio. Which yes, is I hometown. forgot. It is okay. yeah, it is set in Max's hometown. So in case <laughs> this comes to pass, you can all 
blame Max for this. This is all me. It was we'll all my you fault. We'll it would you. happen in Columbus, Ohio. It probably <laughs> would. I'm just glad they didn't film there because we don't have a whole lot no. going on here. <laughs> that like, made it. That made it seem a lot cooler than Columbus actually is. No offense to Columbus viewers, but I was you've, about got, to say. you've got a few years to catch up to uh, this. Cool. I'll, I'll get busy after sure we uh, finish this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've already started building the stacks. <laughs> it's saying something when you watch a movie about a dystopian future and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, wow, modern day Columbus is still worse than this. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, um, who would like to go ahead and just kick us off with first impressions? Anything that really struck your fancy about this movie? Um, anyway, I'm throwing it out to anybody. Don't make me pick a volunteer. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty. It was yeah. very pretty. It's beautiful. Was pretty well yeah. there, there were a lot of pop culture references that I yeah. caught. It just in the backgrounds or shoved right in your face. That part, I I enjoyed those. Okay. Awesome. I I also loved the prettiness. That was the one thing that I was well, one of many things that I had reservations about when they announced that they were turning this into a movie, because a significant part of the book takes place in this virtual universe, and I thought that most of the was the visuals were going to live or die, or rather, most of this yeah. movie was going to live or die yeah. based on the visuals, mm -hmm. and. Yeah. I thought that I was I thought that I was fairly impressed. It looked for the most part like I was watching cutscenes from a Final Fantasy game. So I was I was pretty happy with how they with how they rendered everything uh, with the yeah. movement and you know it was like and it, it it seemed like they left a lot in the uncanny valley there. Like it's very clearly video That's game characters. That's what I was going to say. Too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They did a good, a good job making that distinction without making it too overly obvious. Mm -hmm. um, that was a real fine line to walk in terms of how they did the CGI because you didn't want it to be flawless because you want to make sure it's clear that it's a video game. I mean, other from the fact that, or not a video game, that it's an immersive online reality. Um, yeah. Other than the fact that people walk around with skulls in the middle of their bodies and holes and eyes yeah. that you can see through. Yeah, so, or, you, know. you know, like the <laughs> entire top half and bottom half that's connected by pistons right sort of <laughs> oh, i could totally see i could totally see like with the the like their facial animations and stuff like that it, it i could totally see somebody making those faces with like character creation slider bars mm -hmm. yes i agree having like yeah. skyrim or something like that like yeah. the, the slight exaggerations where it's not quite perfect it, it didn't really seem mm -hmm. uncanny valley to me so much as just this is somebody playing with all the extremes and Nobody wants to have a slider in the middle because that's mm -hmm. just lame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I no. I, well, I'm glad that we can all universally agree on one thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be the looked, last time that tonight that we do. It oh, looked well, like my my whole neat. experience. My whole experience reading the book and watching the movie that was just like my main takeaway from both is how much I wish the Oasis existed. <laughs> I would, I would be I one of those people who feeling. lives there. Yeah, I would I'm, be, 
trapped in there forever and not care. No, that's all I can think of is like, I can see this happening. Like I can see us like, you know, like in Wally, right? Where everybody's like on the little floating chairs. Oh yeah. And they're all obese and eating McDonald's all the time. Like <laughs> these are terrifying futures, people, because they could yeah. actually happen. It, like, very, could happen. it very well could happen. I mean yeah. that's and that you know I'm gonna go straight out and say like I didn't I don't don't like the book. I don't like the movie, but I'm going to say that the movie did this, did, did the whole social commentary thing extraordinarily well, mm-hmm. as far as far as I'm concerned. And I think the the movie, and I'm going to go, I'm going to say this. I like the movie better than the book, mm. which I think really? that that's maybe... I don't think I've ever heard someone say that before. <laughs> no, any movie. <laughs> one other instance in my life where I liked the movie better than the book, and that was The Color Purple. And that's more because the color purple, I think, is a it's either a diary or it's letters. I can't remember which um, style of novel it is, but I just it's a style that I don't really like. And I loved the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the only other time. But and I'm still not a great fan of of this story necessarily, but mm-hmm. I liked the movie better than the book, mostly because the female characters were much more developed in mm-hmm. the movie than they were in the book, like especially Artemis. I was so glad we actually got to like see her character develop and get to like mm-hmm. know her a little bit because in the book, she just kind of pops in and out of his experience and we don't see her in part of, you know, part of what she succeeds in. And so I was really glad that the, the female characters were better developed in this. So oh, God, that's, that's I got a little bit more. That you say that because I had the exact opposite. The read on <laughs> I felt like she was stronger in the book than in the movie. Really? Like, I liked her a lot in the movie, but I felt like, because, well, I mean, for one thing, she's more capable in the book. Like, yeah. she is the first one to find most of the yeah. keys. Like, they all are better. more capable in the book. Yeah. She's well, they all had to work together more. It, they were more and a like, gang here. <laughs> yeah. And then this mm-hmm. one, I felt like she was more of kind of the traditional love interest kind of character and less independent than mm. she was in the book. Mm. I felt like yeah. in the book, she was very like, she even comes out and says, I'm not interested in a relationship right now. I got to find the keys first. I got to find the egg. Yeah. yeah. Like she's more independently motivated. I, I felt, and I, we see more of her personality here, mm. but also they, in the, this movie version, like she ends up in kind of a damsel in distress situation. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of, that's true. I thought was a little more, problematic in in those regards because that happens to him in the book right yeah that was my least favorite part of the movie which she ends up needing to be rescued yeah Yeah. i couldn't remember how the end of the book went (laughs) yeah it was i was still trying to piece it together and i was like i don't remember how this ended so yeah i I kind of i kind of forgot about that part too yeah it didn't it didn't particularly bother me that she you know, that she self-sacrificed for uh, for Percival to uh, to go ahead and get him uh, get himself free that being said like, I I was really I was really happy with how she basically ended up like like after after she after she got rescued and got herself and got herself out of the box thing that she was in the loyalty camp or whatever yeah. uh she and she ended up doing a she ended up doing a lot more damage uh doing a lot more damage in that in that particular role than than just a normal damsel in distress would normally be able to do she was a ninja in that she place was, she was amazing she was so cool yeah she because like yeah she went ahead she she 
was rescued. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not even like I'm not even sure that I really want to classify that as a rescue because like it's not like Percival came in there and physically like got her out of the loyalty camp. He like he ended up giving her instructions. She she basically had to herself. She basically had to go ahead and and get a little bit of autonomy, get herself out, and then out of her own free will went through hacked you know hacked Sorrento's rig went uh, went into the uh into the, the cubicle farm or whatever the heck it's called mm-hmm. and and tried to sabotage the mission from the inside which like is all off script <laughs> yeah go ahead tani i liked artemis a lot because she was the only one in the entire oasis who seemed to care about what's going on outside of the oasis yes. and then she yeah. actually had real world skills that she was able to utilize as well yeah. everybody else seemed to care about their virtual reality life, but yeah. that's only to escape a shithole that she was the only one who was willing to try to fix. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I thought that, that was, was true. that was true to her character in the book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's true to, true to the character in the book. So, which is one of the best parts of her character. Yeah. Um, Although I, I did the book like the specific change where she's like an actual legitimate freedom fighter in the movie. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought that was, too, and that they were, like, growing plants and whatever. What were you going to say, Tahani? Did the book explain why nobody seems to have jobs, like, real jobs? Like, I can't just leave my work in order to play a mass battle in any of my video games. And it seemed like everybody did that. Go ahead, Nicole. Well, lots of the jobs um, were within the Oasis. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way that it happens. So there was school in the Oasis, which means yep. there were teachers in the Oasis and all kinds of, you know, prostitute type stuff, jobs. Yeah. There's uh, all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whole, yeah, there yeah. was a whole, whole uh, cryptocurrency thing happening in the Oasis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like the, the entire entirety of the world's economy moved from real life into digital life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're in, right in between the Alternative 2 and Alternative 3 for like transferable consciousness i just wrote an entire article series on this guys i'm sorry that's what i'm still thinking about (laughs) yeah no it is basically everybody's just bitcoin farmers yeah yeah essentially and that's why like they didn't establish any of that which i was a little irritated with that in terms of the storytelling they just did that montage where they showed um like when he's climbing through the stacks and they show everybody's windows and they're all doing different things and uh-huh. they show the kids playing the piano and, you know, different things that they're doing and the stripper on a pole or whatever. <laughs> and so that was essentially just the, you know, gloss over of right. everybody's life is here. And they don't actually mention that, you know, Wade and H and all of them are still in school. So technically they're taking off to play this game after after they're done with their school hours, essentially. Yes. But yeah. they, they which are lost, in the game. Which are in the game. Yeah. They do yeah. school in the yes. game. They do all of it in the in the virtual um, arena. And they just kind of glossed over all of that. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I that's wonder fantastic. That's an amazing thing that I didn't even catch. Yeah. Well because of course you wouldn't if you hadn't read the you know it, it's that's yeah. where you know we're not gonna harp much on the book and the, <laughs> and the movie being different. But that's where it's like really hard when they make movies uh-huh. from books. And then they're expecting everybody to know what that was. So to, mm-hmm. to you had to fill in all those pieces. There's too many pieces for you to fill in. But before I lose my thought on this, um, uh, to jump ahead to the very end of the movie, um, when uh, Wayne says to Halliday, but what are you? 
and he walks and he's like, well, you know, and he didn't tell him and he just like evasive or whatever. Yeah. I think that Halliday managed somehow to get his consciousness into the Oasis. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what mm -hmm. he, he was actually in there. That but, is that that was yeah. my read on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that in the book too, but but for this for sure, I was like, yep, yeah, he's you know he's right there. He's transferred yeah, his consciousness. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, goodness gracious, I had a thought and then I lost <laughs> it. Um, oh, I remember, I remember the thought was uh, was I was also very frustrated with the lack of world building uh, that was happening oh. that was happening mm -hmm. in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. it felt that there was a lot of exposition dump that was happening. Um, yeah. and, like, I felt really bad for like, for like Simon Pegg when he had to do it and for Artemis and for, and for Parzival, like when they had to just sit there and just like, Oh, look at that. These are exposition words that we need to <laughs> shoot more in Let here. Let us tell you the story. Yeah. You know, and like, and, and my general, my general feeling on movies is if you need to spend the first two to five minutes of your movie giving me an introduction into your world and then launch me right into it, I am probably not going to like this movie. <laughs> and that's precisely what Ready Player One does, where they start and and if that's your style of movie, it's perfectly okay. It's not mine. I like it starts out with just like, hey, this is what happened in 2025 and this is what happened in 2030, 2045, and here we are. I'm a dude that lives in a stack of broke down trailers. Yeah. And well here and not go. only that, but within the Oasis itself, it's like, hey, here's this kind of planet. Here's this kind of planet. Look, yeah. all the stuff that you can do. It was like, yeah. I mean, you had to explain all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. For people who hadn't read the book, you had to do it somehow. I mean, yep. I agree with you that the info dump is was way too, too big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's too much to take in and too many, like, locations uh -huh. to jump around. and Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't understand, like, why they were going to Mount Doom or, you know, other places. Like, it just didn't... Because it sounds cool. There was no connection. <laughs> there was no connective tissue in the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it also. I think it also shows um, for this particular story specifically. It's essentially about people researching the history of this world, though. Mm -hmm. So I felt like right. extensive exposition didn't really hurt it because that's what the plot is entirely focused on. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Max, were you going to say something a couple minutes ago? Well, I was actually just wondering, I didn't actually see Simon Pegg in the movie. Which character even was he? I didn't. He was at the end. He was Ogden. He was Ogden Morrow. Yeah. Yeah. He was in some of the flashbacks. Yeah. 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 Because he, he was also the curator. Yeah. Spoiler yes. alert. Yeah, because robot. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I think he was one of the reasons I went to see the movie because... I love Simon Pegg, and I was also doing it for the site. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, when I, I got to the Simon end, Pegg. and I was like, "Wait, you must be disappointed." Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I'll go rewatch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, this is. But, but yeah, that was just the one thing I was wondering. It's like that was mostly my tie. Simon Pegg and the site were mostly my ties to watching this movie and being in interested in this movie. Yeah. yeah yeah um i so so internet we have this big document of of all the movies and things that we're that we're planning on seeing for the site <laughs> the only reason why i'm watching this movie is because i'm the host of this show <laughs> <laughs> i didn't put an x near my name for that one. you got yeah, volunteered 
Yeah. I got, yeah, I basically got volunteered. You're volunteered for this. Thanks, Regina. That means we can force him to watch anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we should all take note. We now control Dante's viewing. It's <laughs> true. It's, it's, it's really true. <laughs> oh, good. I've got some glorious movies I want you to watch. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a hard line on horror. That's not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, no. They weren't horror. They're just really bad. <laughs> but they're great. I, Listen, I've already seen Monos the Hands of Fate. Like, you, you, it, it can't get worse than that. <laughs> uh, we'll talk after. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, one of the one of the uh, points that I really wanted to make sure that we brought up um, was that I felt like this movie exists in two spheres. Um, it exists in at one point as a love letter to nerd culture i'm gonna say nerd culture even though the movie says pop culture because Mm -hmm. let's be real here like street fighter and overwatch that's not like pop culture like that's very much in the realm of nerdy Mm -hmm. folks like you ask the random person on the street what overwatch is no one's gonna know but you you, you ask a nerd to go and look for the tracer cameo in this movie and they'll find it and it's great Uh, so love letter to nerd nerd culture and also uh and also a science fiction or speculative fiction movie in and of itself mm-hmm. um and I, my questions for all of you is how did this movie execute in both of those realms did it like did it did it do well in both or did one of the two suffer because of the other i certainly have my opinions about this but <laughs> i want to hear yours first i will say that the storytelling the story of there's a giant corporation wanting to take control of something that's that's been done a bunch of times it's i mean it was done here effectively not anything groundbreaking but it was still you know believable sort of and uh as far as the love letter to nerd culture this might come across as a bit mean but i swear it's not intended to be. It felt a little bit more than slightly pandering to the nerd culture. It felt like a lot of fan service because there was, you know, there's the alien cameo, the Iron Giant, the Tracer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying fan service or pandering in a bad way necessarily because they are bringing these things to the fans, to their target audience. Mm-hmm. So and that's not, you know, necessarily a bad thing. They want to please the fans, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a, at least part way through, part way through the movie, maybe halfway through, I was like, okay, they've got they've got a lot of pop culture, a lot of nerd culture things shoved into here. I feel like maybe they might be overdoing it a little bit, and then Mecha Godzilla showed up. <laughs> <laughs> like okay yeah yeah this is yeah. i was just gonna this, tell you don't read the book yeah there's so much more there's like, so much yeah. more in the book yeah like this just, they didn't have to get licenses for things in the book right, right. i mean this this to me it felt like internet the movie because like <laughs> it's literally all, what it is though <laughs> yeah exactly it was it was internet the movie yeah, both the literally thing... by looking at it yeah, the only thing they didn't have were cat memes. Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing <laughs> that this movie didn't have. Yeah, if, like if we saw Neon well, Cat flying somewhere. across the screen, I would have walked out. 
<laughs> it, it did have a furry. Oh, yeah. It had that, right. that one cat lady in the club. <laughs> yep. They sure yeah. did. There's always one. <laughs> so, so, this movie was nerd fulfillment on a lot of different levels, like nerd fantasy nerd. fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But I also foresee nerds being the ones who ruin it for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you didn't catch that reference? You must mm-hmm. not know as much. Mm-hmm. And, but that's mm-hmm. what Z is. Like, he's that other nerd that knows so much more about your favorite thing than you do. And so he's the best, and he gets to win the keys. And, like, there's so much dark underbelly to the nerd society in just that <laughs> that fulfillment of look at for once all the the information that everybody else in the world says is useless it's useful right now and i'm going to prove it but it's pretty pretty dark too yeah yeah i mean yo, go I, ahead i was just gonna say it it's not it's not great when the main protagonist of the story is that pretentious jerk that everyone avoids at parties? <laughs> yeah, they toned that down a lot from the book. They really was, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, he, ten he times was worse much more book. mild than he was in the book. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I I was going to say the same thing. Like the, one of the main reasons why I didn't particularly enjoy the book. Um, he that's, was insufferable. Yeah, it is because is because yeah. Wade is quite insufferable um i've I've told this to practically anybody who has an ear and now i'm telling it to the entire internet is that i have little to no tolerance for urinating contests as far as nerd culture is concerned and the entire the entire premise of this movie is just a giant urination contest and i have i have i have absolutely zero patience for it in real (laughs) life let alone in the entertainment and the media that i choose to consume um Mm. So as far as I, I think, as far as the 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 nerd culture is is concerned, it, it it that that was the only bit of nerd culture that I got was that we were interested in one upping each other, and they, they even had several scenes where the characters were trying to one up each other as far as stupid trivial knowledge is concerned. Mm-hmm. And well, and then there was a whole group of them who are making their their living on on you know holidays history and all of that where you know they're the ones at the end who have to figure out which atari game they're supposed to play and that whole thing and they get it wrong which is great but they get the the essence of it wrong they got the game right but they got the essence of what he needed to do wrong which wasn't that a nice nuance but i think i think it sacrificed too much both ways i I, I feel like it suffered as a science fiction movie and as a nerd culture movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say the same thing. It like tried to find a middle ground, and the middle ground uh, yeah. was boring. No, yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to be in the middle of the road. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, pick something and be it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yep. Oh yeah, I yeah, I, I felt like if they yeah if they really wanted to get into that realm of speculative fiction, they could have they could have made a character who wasn't so generic boring white bread hero and a villain who wasn't so generic boring white bread villain yes you could have had some depth or some interest or yeah i mean the only depth they gave sorrento was the fact that he had you know been the coffee boy for holiday and um 
um, uh, the other guy's name I can't remember. Simon Pegg. Og- <laughs> Simon Ogden, Ogden. Yeah. Ogden. The unknown Simon Pegg. Yes. <laughs> Unrecognizable. Yeah, it was. That was you know, that, that was the only the only connection and the only depth to his character came from that. And he was more business oriented, and Halliday was more of a dreamer. Like, and that was literally all there was. There this was, might be incredibly think, pessimistic, but it's possible that they get, have such a white bread hero and white white bread villain because the people that are going to truly love this show, this movie and this mm-hmm. book know all those white bread facts because that's yeah. who they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will say though. Say that about themselves. (laughs) I I will say just one of my favorite, well, not favorite, but one of the moments that made me actually react to it, not necessarily in a positive way, was just seeing, uh, what's his, uh, the big villain man. He's got his password. Sorrento. Sorrento. Oh right. Yeah, Mr. Sorrento. Mr. Sorrento has got Boss Man sixty nine as his password. I'm like. On a post-it. Not correctly. And you can't remember that, like of all the passwords in all the world. Yeah. You that's can't probably, remember that's that. Everything. That's Come just on. a meme. That is a meme in and of itself. It was so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Oh, God. So stupid. <laughs> See, I I feel like I I think they did very well with the nerd culture aspect of things. I think it's less strong as a sci-fi movie just because it does get really anchored to its its main premise of being a geek culture thing yeah but i think for one thing i feel like the oasis one of the reasons why it specifically as a concept grips me so much is because it really feels like what the oasis would be if it was real i feel like people use it in ways that are that make sense mm-hmm. and that, like i could easily see the internet evolving into that if it became like if VR technology was perfected to the degree that you can literally just immerse yourself in it and never feel right. like you need to leave. But then also and, made accessible to the modern consumer. Yeah. yeah. And like was available for everybody power. and was, and had everything hooked up to it. Like if you, if I could live in star Wars, I would live in star Wars. If I could live in Lord of the Rings or something like that, I would live in Lord of the Rings. Like if it was possible to just completely inhabit these worlds that we love, I would do that. But also, I I think it kind of uniquely works as a geek film because there's so much timely stuff in it relating to current like yeah. video game industry factors. Like specifically, Sorrento's plan, if he takes over the Oasis, is to monetize everything. Yeah, like yeah. he yeah. wants to have yep. he wants to fill it with pop up ads. He wants to have like DLC and like microtransactions and all this greed stuff, which is, it's like currently, like at the moment, very much a hot button issue in video gaming in general, oh, yeah. because you've got companies exploiting their customers left and right. So I felt like that specific yeah. aspect of it makes it work as a geek film because it's mm-hmm. talking about a current geek issue. Mm. Yeah, it's very much trying to, trying to pull on the heartstrings of the whole net neutrality bit. So I get why yeah. it's relevant and I get why it's here. Um, I, I really just wanted a two hour movie about that though. No, I didn't, uh, yeah. like I didn't need, I didn't need two hours crammed full of you know, all of my favorite video game and eighties pop culture references, as well as a commentary on, on, uh, on net neutrality and on, and on the, the the, uh, the the struggle between living an online life and living a personal life and how to go ahead and balance those two. Like, 
I can have those two things be separate instead mm -hmm. of ha instead of having those two things crammed Shut into yeah. into one yeah. really rushed and forced two hour movie. Hmm. But that's just my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm well, sure I, I wanted I wanted yeah. more from the dystopian side of things. I think I think I wanted it to be. I don't know. I wanted Although, to see more of that. I guess. Yeah, I feel like it was a lot stronger in 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 the book in the sense that they talk. They specifically show the mm -hmm. poverty aspect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you don't like, really wait. understand the depths of what's happened because yeah. it glosses over so much of that. Like yeah. Wade is absolutely destitute in the mm -hmm. book. Like he yeah. has no money. He for the first majority of of his gaming experience he wasn't able to leave the, the starter world because yeah. it costs money to leave and right. he had the default like the default avatar yeah yeah because he can't afford anything else and i, yeah. I felt like it was stronger it, it did better for that aspect of the world building when we could see just how destitute everybody was well and it cut out a lot of the real world relationships that he has too like there yeah. was a little lady that he was so fond of that yeah he had a yeah. really deep relationship with and you don't see i mean we there's like one that one passion mention of her and then she comes yes. back at the end and is like i know what you did you know or whatever to yeah. surrender i'm like that's but all i was yeah. like well it shows her in the movie at the same stack as him so i'm like how did she, how did she live she, she did didn't live in a book but i'm like how yeah. how did that happen so, right yeah. yeah and the also world, oh, sorry, well i was just gonna say that um watching the movie at least and this is coming from someone who hasn't read the book. The only real sense of dystopian future I got was one, the, the slums that were, I mean, they were kind of cool. It was like giant mm -hmm. towers of Metro trains <laughs> stacked on top of each other. That was cool. But the only thing we even got at the beginning was like a 30 to 45 second clip of all of these bad things that went wrong. And one of them, the one that I remember was the, what was it? The corn syrup droughts or something. The the fruit. Yeah, everybody went, everybody starved because there was no longer any corn syrup or something. To that I'm like, that's, that's not how an apocalypse works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> but, yeah, it it didn't feel. Everybody knows gamers only eat pizza and Mountain Dew anyway. Right. <laughs> Mountain Dew and Doritos. That's a gamer diet. Yeah. I'm just like, that's okay. Yeah, Maybe I mean, energy drinks. Though, and Max, those are the exact kind of things where it made me want to really have like a ten episode miniseries on Netflix or Hulu or yeah. something. Yeah. Where we can Hashtag really go ahead and flesh out exactly yeah. what's happening with the world and what's happening with what's happening with the dystopia. Why did the economy collapse? Yeah, because because these are all things that you do in speculative fiction, and you give us a background. You don't just kind of say it happened. Now go right, right. You know, like we've all read enough science fiction to know that that's not how it works. What'd you say to honey? had so much potential for the dystopian look that we could have gotten. It had a lot of really awesome, like the transferable consciousness, again, the, the idea of living in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. um, it did a really good job of the, the m mindset of a lot of video gamers and hardcore gamers. It did bother me that like, okay, so I've, I've played so many video games. I've been a hardcore gamer for a very long time. And I've been, I've met hundreds of people. And I, do you think I've ever lived within a hundred miles? I know, anybody? right? And they're all yeah. like, all five of them. They're all, all in like, town right together. 
Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah and they're not. Including and they're not, the two guys from Japan. Right. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. Like in the book, again, sorry. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't neighbors. Yeah. Like they yeah. weren't in town together. There was this huge thing. And like all of these, like, you know, strings had to be pulled to get them all in the same physical space with each other. Mm. And it's okay, but it's okay because everyone looks like anime. <laughs> in the yeah. game world it's fine yeah it was yeah that was just annoying they also like they started to touch upon the idea of separating your gamer persona from your your real persona which is something that so many people especially if you watch people stream or if you watch people play or if you know somebody specifically in a game people don't differentiate that within their friends they don't realize that like who i am yeah. in a game is not the same thing as who i am in real life right. which is why like i'll never uh give you guys on this channel my twitch information because i very much disassociate myself as tahani from my twitch personas or anything like that and they touched on that when way decided to give his real name and everything yeah. went to hell like that was interesting because so many, especially of new gamers just coming in who have grown up with video games, don't realize that you have to disassociate yourself. Right. That they you touched to on it, yourself. but they touched on a lot of things and then got lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that was part of one of the themes I really liked that they pulled out of this was all of how um, Halliday kind of did things at the end. And and how it all related so so closely to Halliday's struggles himself as as an individual and sort of the pitfalls um, for him um, in terms of like when he goes to sign the contract and he's like no he wouldn't sign the contract that's not what Halliday would do and how everything mm -hmm. kind of came back to the core of Halliday fixing what went wrong in his life through this through this journey like that was part of yeah. what he was doing yeah and i thought that was really cool mm -hmm. and you guys will have to remind me because i'm not sure how thick that was in the book or not because it's, <laughs> i don't it remember it it's been a while it wasn't no i didn't think so i had a whole lot it. less to do about halliday as a person in general. well and there was a lot yeah. more about ogden right there was a lot oh more about yeah ogden. yeah there was i was pissed that he, he was wasn't actually more in, in it. it for most of it yeah exactly yeah. he was actually involved in all of it i thought yeah so i wanted to see him go god mode so bad <laughs> he does that the part in the book where he just comes out and he's like like every like the max level for everybody else is like 99 but he's got like He's like level hundred because he's right. got like all his magic power and right. he just like all these things. slaughters all his enemies. So yep, yep. But also, yeah. I I felt like one of the things that they changed that I don't think lended itself too well to the story is they changed every aspect of the actual quest. They yes. changed all the keys and all yes. the gates and. Yep. They changed it. it in such a way as to make it not really <sighs> sustained suspension of disbelief anymore. Because, uh, like, the very yeah. first key, that the way to find the very first key is to drive backwards on a racetrack. And you're telling me in five years no one Nobody ever did that? that yeah. The yeah. first thing accident. I do and every time I play a racing game... The first time I play a racing game, the very first thing I do is, what happens if I go the wrong way? What? I see what happens. Well, of course, no one thought time. about that because protagonist. I mean, yeah. Right. Because like, no one else had to do it. So, I don't know. If that's the, if that's how easy it is, like, I, I had no reason to 
to kind of sustain my disbelief at that point on. Like I, I was still on board because I liked the story and I like all right. of the other stuff they did, but the quest yeah. itself kind well, of yeah. the core plot device. Yeah, because yeah. that's what Chris and I were talking about when we left the theater. We were like, it was so, the quests were so different. But then if you think about like what the quests were actually like. In the um, book, yeah. There's in no the book, yeah. There's no, there was yeah. no action. No. There was no, you know, it was yeah. all, you know, individual. It was all deep, dark corners of the Oasis. There yeah. wasn't anything public about it. There wasn't anything yeah. action oriented about it. There was nothing that would have made a yeah. movie. So I finally was like, okay, I do have to concede the fact that they did have to add more interest to that. Mm-hmm. But man, it yeah. took away so much of the soul of, of what I liked it's about it. the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just made it so vanilla. Cause like, yeah. Like when you're saying like nerd culture love letter, like the first thing that comes mounting for me is the main challenges. And I'm like, back yeah. to the future, no. Shining, no. I mean, adventure, yes. But like, like now that you know you guys are mentioning stuff, I'm looking back. Okay, yeah, I see all the little references. But the main, right. the meat of the movie is not. No. It's, just, it's completely pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind that they changed it. I minded that they changed it in a way that felt lazy to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have been completely on board with them changing all the actual keys and and gates and stuff like that. It, yeah, it, it yeah, makes sense too. And it's certainly yeah. because a lot of it doesn't really work for entertaining like stuff. Because like watching him play an entire game of Pac Man yeah. was that, yeah. boring, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it it bugged me that they dumbed it down so much that yeah. I was just like, there's no way if everybody on earth is trying to solve this, that it hasn't been solved already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I could do it. <laughs> I probably would have crashed driving backwards on that track, but <laughs> maybe more than once. I don't, I don't know that I would have been able to make it through on my first try backwards at full speed. I'll be honest. I probably would have just YOLO'd into Kong. Out of zero times. Yeah, I I didn't understand why he didn't just turn the car around, like drive forwards, but drive the wrong direction. The thing that Halliday had said was, "What if you make the game go backwards as fast as you can?" So I don't know if he would have like turned it forward if that wall would have dropped to get on that. Maybe. That's at least what I thought about it. Because I thought the same thing. I'm like, why wouldn't you just go, like, full steam ahead? I wish that they had talked more, now that you tell me that most of the jobs and currency were in-game. Because mm-hmm. zeroing out on a video game is not something that really, I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a terrible right. thing. But now that yeah. I realize, like, that's everybody's livelihood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It puts a real lot money. more emphasis on the importance yeah. of that game. Yeah, and the importance of staying alive, and while you know, while she, why she was like, you know, why wouldn't you risk it? And he's like, I, I, I don't have anything to risk. Like, I have yeah. to start over at yeah. the beginning if I lose yeah. this. And yeah. and again, considering that it took him so long to like have the ability to even play the game properly because right. he was so poor. Like, right. this is his, his only chance. Like, yeah. Sorrento could do it indefinitely he's got endless resources so yeah and they don't even he, set up the whole thing about how um i'm doing it again i'm going back to the book and i'm not supposed to um <laughs> naughty naughty i know they, they do this whole thing about um how he has that like second hideaway that he has all of his good gear in because mm-hmm. his family steals everything from him and yeah. sells yeah. it and that's why he's in like a van like off in the middle of nowhere and why he's not in the attack on the stacks when his aunt dies because mm-hmm. he has this secondary location and he had the secondary location because he knew she would steal her, you know, 
her boyfriend would steal whatever they had. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. they made her way nicer in the movie. They made her way nicer in the movie, which is saying a lot, but she still wasn't great. But she was definitely nicer than she was in the book when she's like, I don't need to give you any food. And he's getting, she gets money to take care of him. I'm only keeping you so I can get food stamps. Yeah, exactly. Matt, the more I hear you talk about the book, the less I want to read it. This just sounds depressing. Right? I consider that mission successful, Max. Absolutely <laughs> mission successful. Don't waste your time. <laughs> or I did do. like that the main bad guy, like overall, was pay to win players yes. in video games. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's always been a, a source of consternation in video games is like, well, why do I want to grind out so many hours of my life when this person just, you know, dropped my two years worth of paycheck on it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's not only pay to win, it's also it's it's that combined with the corporate drone thing. Good point. Very good point. People who are in those suits who are who are like plugged in, they're literally slaves. Yeah. They're indentured servants to this company. So like that, I, I like that aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah, there were. And you can even see that in, at the end where like the, the one kind of research group they have that they're all, they're trying to learn about uh, holidays, Easter egg and everything like that. They're, they're indentured too. Yeah. And then you can sort of see at the end, they, they kind of don't care anymore because they, they can see that the, the game's been won by someone who deserved it. Yeah. yeah. And that was more wish fulfillment for a lot of the gaming community of the people that play because they want to play and because they love it have a chance to win against the people that are just pounding in money into something. Right. And that was that wasn't that was nice. That was a nice rewarding yeah, little thing. It scene. was especially like I said, that whole thing about um, you know, they figured out what the right game was, but they didn't figure out the what right way to play it. Like so he was yeah. the guy who was the, you know, corporate crony who was going to win and that wasn't the right way to go. Um, and having the first Easter egg be the the end for the Easter yeah. egg and all Easter egg movies was really nice. I like that touch. Was yeah, cool. was I'm not gonna. I don't want to nerd out too much, but there was go for it. it. You've that got was, the cred. I don't know exactly what it was, but Adventure was not the first game to have an Easter egg. I don't. I mean, really? I, I don't. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I I don't know the name right off the top of my head. The fir- the first thing when I came out of the theater with my husband, that was the first thing he said. Like, adventure was not the first game to have an Easter egg. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know, Nicole's husband is a game designer, <laughs> programmer, programmer, programmer. They're even yeah, they're geek, they're geekier than the designer. That's true. Programmer, yes. Yes. So I'm actually okay. I'm just looking it up now. So I did like that they kept that as the, the final thing though, because that was directly from the book. That yes, was like that was, of all the yes, things yes, they changed, was. they kept that and I thought yeah. like that was important. Yeah, and yeah. that was cool. And I thought okay, so I thought it went the right way. So Percival figured out the first key. Artemis mm-hmm. in, in the book and Artemis figured out the second key, which yep. she did in this too. And that's one of the but things she I found appreciate. the first key first. She found it before just, Parzival did. She, yeah, but she, she didn't knew, get the key. She was she, there, but she didn't get it. Yeah. She found the challenge, but yeah. she didn't get it until he helped her. Yeah. But she was the very first person to locate it. Yes, yes. But she had been working on it for a long time and hadn't actually yeah. mastered it yet. So yeah. yeah, she had found it, but she didn't get it. 
um, she got to the second key, but we don't see that in the book. Like we don't experience that in the book, which is why I was so glad we got to see that part of it and got to see her logic through that because we don't see that in the book. It's just all of a sudden her name's on the top of the leaderboard and he knows she got to the key. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was, um, was found by the Sixers, right? In the book. I think they I find it so. first. Yeah. I all believe that, so. I think, was the same. Yeah. Like it was one him, one her, and then one for the bad guys. Of course, the yeah. last one for the bad guys. Yeah. So, yeah. How do they say, look out to get those those gamer tags? Dude, it's so hard to get gamer tags when there's that many players and like <laughs> like immediately like, man, that should be like, like, like a four year old. That's why it's parsable. Right with a Z. And, yeah. yeah. Arts three miss instead of Artemis. Yeah. yeah, but one letter changed out like. Yeah, I'm yeah. still surprised. Yeah, I look out that have four numbers after their name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Maybe it's just read. No, it couldn't be just regional servers. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing, but I stopped myself for that same reason. Because then they <laughs> wouldn't. Then they'd have an egg on each each server, and then yeah, that would be chaos. It's just not that great. Yeah. yeah. Unless the company's I, just worth that much money. Right. Well, I mean, it's worth a trillion dollars, so Half you know. A trillion. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, anyways, <laughs> so we're we're coming up on on about an hour. So does anybody have any parting thoughts that they'd like to impart to the rest of the internet about Internet the movie? <laughs> I'll let somebody else go first because I have like half a thought formed, but I want to actually let it. Well. Finish. I, I have a question really quick to pose, which I didn't think to put in our notes for tonight, but I'll just throw it out here anyway as my closing thought. What did you guys think of the music? It felt, at least to me, like they were copying Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's my, what was my thought too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, else? <laughs> yeah, I, I started out loving the music and then about halfway through, I realized that that's what they were doing and then I stopped liking it. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, because I, I was could, looking for reasons to, be, to not like this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it could be considered to be ripping off Guardians of the Galaxy, though, because I mean, the, the entire premise is it's based on nostalgia, right? right. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole concept of it. Yeah. In the book, it's even more specifically based on the '80s. Right. Like, here, mm -hmm. they they I thought they made the good choice of kind of broadening it out and including things from the '90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. Yeah. But like, well, the, yeah, the book is wider. very specifically targeted yeah. on the '80s. Well, they weren't ripping so like off music. Yeah. yeah, they weren't ripping off Guardians of the Galaxy. They were just making a very painfully obvious choice that was, you know, first done by Guardians of the Galaxy. It at least in terms of you know, films, film time. Yeah. Well, I immediately went to um, to Amazon Music to see if I could get the soundtrack with the nostalgia mu music on it. And they, they didn't do that. They didn't do what Guardians did, where you could actually like download, you know. Of course not, because Guardians was objectively a better movie than this. I mean, <laughs> I mean it Max and I don't agree on a lot, but we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> and but what about the cinematic mu music? 
And it, oh. was I the only one who who noticed anything about it? <laughs> yeah, I don't usually notice music unless it's really, really good, right? Or really, really bad. So for right. me, I just I don't remember anything about it. Right, and I think part Nothing. of that is because it was um oh god, who was the person who I can't remember who the composer is, but he was trying to sound like John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was supposed to sound like John Williams. And I actually left the theater and I thought it was John Williams until I was corrected. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that was part of the <laughs> problem. Uh, apparently was... actually John Williams did do part of it. Uh, okay. Like he was originally supposed to be the composer for it. And I guess he, he started it, but was not able to finish it. And didn't finish it. Okay. So it, it actually is partly John Williams. Okay. Because I was like, it just sounded there was, I almost feel like there's a Spielberg theme. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's specific, Spielberg. like Spielberg, Spielberg music. And the yeah. only time I had any like deep emotion was when that was playing. And I realized that that's not necessarily from what was happening in this movie, but what the music was evoking in my nostalgia and pulling up for me more than like my actual attachment to these guys. So. I think John Williams is to Steven Spielberg, what Danny Elfman is to uh, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. Yeah. Except he never it's gets just... tiring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ooh, let's throw down that one in another episode yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. anybody else closing thoughts that aren't going to derail the conversation like mine <laughs> um i'll say that i enjoy i did enjoy a lot of the little nods and homages to geek and nerd culture and also just various pop culture like the that entire scene in the overlook hotel I really enjoyed pretty much that entire section from uh, from H going, you know, I don't like horror movies and then basically living the shining to, I mean, just remembering bits from the book. I hadn't seen the shining movie, which is, I know. Wow. Heretic. I know heretic, <laughs> but well, uh, wasn't it? Oh, guys, God, I hate you again, Max. One of the characters in it hadn't seen it either. H hadn't seen The Shining yeah, either. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's yeah. he's like, hey, little girls, can you yeah. help me? I know. Yeah. I was like, no, we don't know. Yeah. No, no, never see, go toward the little girls. I mean, that has see, to be a trope in their world. Yeah, I was like, like that. That was one of the more unbelievable bits of the movie to me. Yeah, I had a really um, good time. With was that. because. because I, I don't watch horror movies. I famously, among my friends, do watch horror movies. But I know enough about them to yeah. understand references and to understand callbacks just through general cultural osmosis. Through and the yeah, yeah through, through the internet, like everyone knows, like the two girls in The Shining are bad and they probably <laughs> will kill you. And if these people were really as gung ho and as, 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 obsessed with this guy Halliday as they like as they all claim to be I am sure that even if you didn't pick up it, pick up a copy of the movie and watch it you would know you don't walk toward the little girls children like, in horror right. movies yeah. are always a trap. always badness always oh bad. I did love children the Chucky though I did love when that they was... threw Chucky out the window yeah that was pretty <laughs> fun <laughs> and the end fight that was awesome yeah that was good. The fight was fantastic. That was yeah. exactly yeah. what I wanted to see of yeah. everything every yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And I it mean, did feel a lot like how I visualized it in the book. Yeah. 
Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. some of the fans. This movie was basically internet slash fan service. The movie, and I didn't hate all of it. I didn't dislike all of it. There were some parts I thought, okay, this is this is good. This is enjoyable. I can, you know, I can enjoy this. But at the end of it all, I'm glad I only paid five dollars to get the ticket. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Yep. You should only have to pay a quarter, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, inflation. Yeah. <laughs> These difficult economic times. Anyway. Yeah. I think my my final thought for this movie is if you go into it expecting to be entertained, you will you will be entertained. If you go into it expecting a good movie, you will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's it's um, worth I it's mean, worth buying popcorn. It might not be fair, but it's certainly how I felt about it, and I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> I'll so say if that you I... go in expecting a good movie, you won't. But other people yeah. might. Yeah, I would also say too, if if you're a fan of the book, if you've read the book, definitely go in expecting things to be very very yeah. different. It's like right yeah. at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, the first challenge is a race." I was like. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, I mm-hmm. guess this is going to be really different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's also the thing with all movies that are adapted from books. I mean, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the abomination that was the Aragon movie. Just <laughs> we, by now we should expect that. <laughs> I hate that movie. I hate that movie so much. You and everybody else, and don't even worry. Everybody who yeah. has feelings about it at all hates it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, that I was really entertained by it, and mm-hmm. I loved it while I was watching it until I thought about it on the way home. <laughs> That's the worst. When you're like, "Oh, this is fun," and then you're in the car and you're like, "Oh, I got caught up in the moment." <laughs> I think. Gone. I think it was effective at what it was mainly trying to do, and I I feel like it it was a more sincere love letter to geek culture than I would have expected. Like, I don't really think of Steven Spielberg as a geek, but he is. Like, he legitimately himself is one. And, like, he, in his own words, has been a gamer since the very first video games. So, like, he even kind of fully appreciates that whole aspect of things. And I felt like the the care that they took to building the world the way they needed to build it, like, Every like it, it is fan service, but also it's the kind of fan service that m- makes me feel like the person doing it gets fans. Like yeah. when you just randomly see Harley Quinn in a club, and like in the next scene you see, I don't know, like just see Tracer from Overwatch, but also characters from Battleborn, which nobody plays, and like <laughs> all these other references that you can. Pause every frame in the movie. I can't wait till it comes on DVD because I legitimately want to do this. Just pause every frame and just count every single reference. Just endless amounts of them. That all by itself, I feel like, makes it worth seeing. Just the fact that they've kind of combined every imaginable fandom that they could get the rights to and did it in a way that felt like they respected them and loved them just as much as the fans of those things do. So I feel like it's a love letter to fans of things. So if you're a fan of things, you'll probably like this. If you're not a fan of things like Dante, then you might not. 
If you're, um, I'm going to take umbrage with that statement. <laughs> if, if, you, if you if you want to see a, a think piece, you're probably not going to be happy with it. I would prefer that you read the book. The book has different themes than this one does. It, it, it kind of deals more with the aspects of geek culture that people don't like to talk about, the dark side of it, the mm -hmm. depression, the isolation, that aspect of things I thought they handled much better in the book than they did here. But I feel like it's a movie worth seeing. It's a movie that's that deserves to exist. Normally, I am a purist when it comes to adaptations. I prefer them to be more or less as close to the source material as possible. But I didn't mind that this one was barely even slowly, slightly related because it felt like they got the core aspect of it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like both the movie and the book. I prefer the book, but I like the. And I don't want to say like fan service is object. I don't want to say that fan service is objectively bad. And like you said, this is fan service that is like made by a fan. So that it's fan service in one of the better ways, but it's also just a movie you kind of have to turn your brain off to watch. Yeah. Just don't think about I'll, it. I'll agree with that. Enjoy, yeah. Enjoy the pretty lights and the anime character avatars. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for taking your evening to record this with us. And thank you all out there in internet land for listening to this. Uh, again, this was the Geek Embassy Watchers Ready Player One. You can find us on Facebook at the Geek Embassy Community. You can find us on Twitter at the Geek Embassy, on Instagram at the Geek Embassy. And I'm sure we'll put all of our Twitter handles and stuff in the show notes. Um, but thank you so much for listening and for downloading this. Um, and until next time, I mean, turn your video game consoles on. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get lost in the Oasis. <laughs> Don't get lost yeah. in the Oasis. How about that? Yeah. Virginia's right. better than you are. Sorry. <laughs> that is my first time hosting. I more practice. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night.